Hey guys, welcome to Storehouse Media. We're so excited to have you joining us this week. Our heartbeat is biblical doctrine, so we are here as a resource to provide the gospel and biblical teaching and how those two things are inseparable. Join us every week as we tackle different topics regarding faith, life, and truth, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. We are Storehouse Media, and we are pumped about it. Uh, technically, we dropped our first one today, and so we're also super pumped about that. Um, as you hopefully would know, we are storing things up in advance. That way, if we miss weeks, we have what we need covered. Yeah. Um, but today, we're talking about humility, um, and we're going to go through Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. And as we were talking about this, honestly, man, Gama and I just didn't know what to name it exactly, and so... It was a toss-up between two things, whether we just called it biblical humility um, or divine humility. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't really figure that out. So what we're going to end up doing is putting up a, a vote on Instagram the week before this one drops. Yeah. Uh, so whatever the name is, when we drop it, you yeah. guys picked it. Whatever right? the name is while you're listening to this, it's because y'all voted yeah. for it. Yeah. So yep. we want y'all's involvement. Uh, that may seem minor right now, but... It means a lot to us. It does, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, man, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. We're just going to go ahead and hop right into this because this is rich, rich, rich. And oh, yeah. so, uh, Gama, you want to go ahead and read it for us in the NLT? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. We're going to be reading verses 3 through 8. Do I go verse by verse? You want me to just read th- uh, 3 through 8 and we break it down? Yeah, let's do that. All right, so it says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. But yeah. That's a lot. It is, man. Yep. It is. It's going to be hard to keep this thing without going six hours, uh, <laughs> but we're going to do our best. And so, uh, man, Paul starts out, and and like I said, man, the, the we're calling this one humility, and I, I would argue that if you were listening to Gamma read that, you know that there's a very good reason that we're calling it humility. Yeah. Um, but Paul starts out by saying, uh, do nothing, in the ESV, it's do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Right, mm-hmm. and so I what I wanted you to read it in NLT so it it flows more clearly. But yeah. in ESV, this way we can kind of break down wording a little bit. Yeah, um, and, and selfish ambition, man. Something that I think is really I- interesting about that is we are in we live in in a hustle culture, right? Oh yeah. Uh, and I, listen, I got no problem with hustle. You know, like I think I think as as pastors, teachers, preachers of the word, people who work in ministry, like. Our primary goal should always be the kingdom of heaven, yeah. and, and really, even outside of that, just kingdom advancement, no matter what your vocation. Yeah. Um, but man, there's a difference in in you know that sort of thing, and then selfish ambition. Selfish yeah. ambition, biblically, selfish ambition is self promotion. Yeah. Right. It's the it's the want and the will to put self forward. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I got a passage here from James chapter three, verses 14 through 16. James says this, and you'll see the word selfish ambition in there and we'll see where it comes from. Mm-hmm. So James says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth, right? So bitter jealousy and selfish ambition combining together, because yeah. obviously if you're into self-promotion, anytime someone else is being promoted, yeah. there's bitter jealousy. Yeah. And then he says, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, spiritual. And, and demonic, man. You already know. I already knew it. Yeah, demonic. <clears throat> uh, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder in every vile practice. And so, selfish ambition, man, like that's a that's a it's a it's a yeah. cancer cell. Yeah, inside the body. Yeah, it really is. And um, you know, most times, and the, and the thing about it is, it's very very easy to use God to promote yourself. Yeah, it's so easy to. I mean. You can be a good motivational speaker, throw some Jesus in there, and you boom, you 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 can get yeah. a career out of that. That's where a lot of our false teachers come from today, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, it we is. could name some, and yeah. they're good motivational speakers. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and you know, that being said, you know, and this yeah. is something. This is something speaking to our our listeners. You know, man, that's something that even for us, our hearts have to be checked. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. Like we are mere human, yeah, and and we're we're still we still have a sinful nature dwelling within us that's yeah. constantly at war with the spirit, and so it's very easy to slip into this, you know, look how God blessed our ministry, and yeah. and now we have all these people and all these fans, and you know, and so that level of of humility, it's easy to start out. Like I legitimately believe that for the both of us, yeah. our our heart motive though there is perversion in there yeah uh but i think the the primary heart motive is to saturate the world with biblical doctrine yeah you know um but you never know man you always have to be careful it's a slippery slope down the road that was literally my first point here too on my notes i'm like it's something that's super easy to forget and and it's something that like you're not intentionally seeking it's just by nature it's just selfish ambition is just stored up somewhere in our in our sinful nature right and it's something you have to deny that's why when jesus told his disciples if you want to be one of my followers deny yourself and part of that is denying even our selfish ambition you know because you know for example even with this podcast we're super excited for this podcast and our our heart's motives i mean we we say it all the time is is to literally give truth give doctrine give teaching but even in the midst of that there's always that little that little speck in there like how many listeners are we going to get right how many followers are we yeah. we're going to get and, yeah. and it's something that you have to constantly deny and if you just don't intentionally deny it it's easy to just store up that selfish ambition yeah. all of a sudden your mind isn't even set on the right things yeah straight up man yeah and that's even like just and and i don't know i don't know if i've shared this yet i forget where i share things yeah um, me too but i you know early in my in ministry for me working in youth ministry um Man, I just I realized one day that I was using my opportunity in the youth ministry simply as a stepping stone to a bigger stage, mm. right, and to a bigger audience. Yep. And I remember I remember confessing that to the group, to the youth ministry. You know, we were running back then, man. We were running a high number. Yeah. Uh, we were probably running 150, 160 kids on a Wednesday, wow. and I just told them all, you know. And I remember it kind of broke my heart because I told them, I said. It's bizarre because essentially what I'm saying is you guys are less important than this than this other stage, right? Like you're lesser and there's something bigger out there. Wow. Like you see the danger in yeah. it, man. And and you know, the crazier part is I was preaching, 
truth. Yeah. But the motive, man, the motive was demonic. Yeah. That's crazy to think about, man. And it, I like how James puts it. It's like such things are earthly, right? Unspiritual. You're like, okay, took it a step further. Yeah. And then demonic. Yeah. <laughs> took it a step further. And it, it puts these as identical. Yeah. It doesn't say or demonic. It right. says and demonic. Yeah. So any sort of selfish ambition, anything like that, and, and we all fall for that. It's that, you know, it's demonic things. Yeah. It's very, very demonic things because, I mean, essentially selfish ambition is what got demons and, and Satan himself kicked out of heaven. Yeah. With selfish ambition. Yeah. 100%. That's yeah. why it says it's demonic. Yeah. I heard a guy give a sermon on Revelation <laughs> 4 one time, and I'll try and make this a fast point. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he... he he explains the throne room in Revelation 4 and how you have God seated on this throne and uh, that's in heaven, and then around him yeah. are the four living creatures, and around him are the, the 24 elders, and around him are the... And so he he finally summarizes this thing after like 20 minutes of painting the most beautiful picture of, of the <laughs> throne room, you know? And then he says, if you notice, all of creation has one center point. Mm. And it's the Lord seated on his throne. Yeah. He said, if you're not living in a way that holds him as the center and purpose of all worship, all service, all everything, then you're out of, you're out of line with the rest of existence, with the rest of creation. Yeah. And I'm like, and what, what better way to, to have an image of what selfish ambition is, right? Yeah. It's to say, hey, guys, turn away from the throne and look at me for a second. Yeah. Right? Dang. Man, it's dangerous. That's another way of seeing yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, and that's where I, I you know, kind of moving to the next wording in the in the verse, he says uh, in, in the ESV, it's conceit. Uh, but I think a more literal would actually be empty conceit. Yeah. Right? And and the imagery to that is to just be full of hot air. Yeah. And so if you want to know, like, okay, where does selfish ambition come from? And Paul's going to say it in the next verse, but selfish ambition essentially comes from this place of thinking that you're more than what you really are. Yeah. Right? It really is. Yeah. Thinking them, yeah, and that actually is a point that I was going to tackle here in these next few verses. So that's something, you know, you you guys listening, definitely keep that in mind, thinking you are more than yeah. what you really are. Yeah. You know, and a, a good example that I like to bring, you know, sometimes I don't like to always mention names of, you know, celebrities and stuff like that. But Phil Wickham, I love that guy. He's right. an amazing musician. And I got to see him live once. And I got to be part of his VIP experience where you got to have a Q&A session with him. And... Um, uh, my friend who was right next to me, he actually asked him a question and said, you know, through your ministry and stuff like that, how do you stay humble? You have all these fans, you have all these followers, you have all this support. How do you stay humble? And I loved his answer. He's like, he's like, well, he's like, what am I here for? I'm here for Jesus. He's like, did I come here saying that I'm I'm the most talented person? No, I came here to worship Jesus. If I then begin to exalt myself, I'm stealing that from Jesus himself. Yeah. And I was like, wow, anytime that selfish ambition comes into our lives and we try to get that bigger stage or we try to get that bigger audience or that bigger following, we're literally robbing that from God himself. Yeah. We're saying, God, you had it first. Let me go ahead and just take that from you. I want it. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? And that's one of the dangerous things about being in a place of whether you're leading worship or teaching or preaching. When you're when when the people leave that you're leading, they're they're really gonna be worshiping one of three things. Yeah. Themselves, you or the Lord. Yep. Right? Yeah. 
and you got to beg the question at the end, who are they worshiping? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and, and that's the danger with a lot of false teaching is it's all self-help and, and, and it becomes a self-worship yeah. or it's these guys that just pump up the audience and blah, blah, blah. But I like, man, Phil Wickham's right. And I think if you, if you have a, a teacher, preacher, worship leader, whatever, that is worshiping Jesus with passion, people want to get behind that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all on board and it is, it's, it's also recognizing your place. Yeah. You know, recognizing that's, oh. so where, where do you think our place is? Where's our place? The lowest <laughs> yeah. you can think of. Man, man. And that's even, but that's even what Jesus taught, you know, yeah. Matthew chapter, I think it's Matthew 20. Uh, I might have it in here later on, but, uh, you know, there's a passage where Jesus said, if you, if you want to be the greatest yeah. You're going to have to be the servant of everybody else. Yeah. Like that's what it means. Kingdom greatness is actually the lowest yeah. rank on earth. Yeah. And so I, you know, to me that's unreal Yeah. because it's, it's essentially being outwardly focused and I don't want to get crazy into that because that's our next verse. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah, let's go back to that because I, I was going to say something on that too. But Okay, yeah. So next verse, uh, I guess it's verse 4. I don't know why I numbered them different on, on yeah. here. But he says, uh, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. In humility. Yep. I like the way that worded it because that was one of my points here. But I didn't even know because I, I read it. I studied this in NLT. But in humility, consider others more than yourselves. And I have a point here. I don't know who said this, but there's a phrase out there and it says, humility isn't thinking less of yourself. Man, I got that Were you going to say that? Too. I got it. C.S. Lewis, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. it is C.S. Yeah. Lewis. You want to go ahead and finish it off then? Nah, go ahead. All right, you, you so thing. humility isn't thinking, I don't even know if I wrote it right. Man. I had this memorized. Israel's all pumped up now. <laughs> <laughs> so humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I put right here, um, humility isn't humiliation mm-hmm. right um it uh, that's my next point so i'm not gonna say it yet but i put here we are lucky that god doesn't actually humiliate us yeah humility and humiliation are two different things very much jesus came in humility yet he was humiliated yeah. in a way that we probably will never ever be humiliated if we're in christ we won't yeah absolutely because he was humiliated for us he was humiliated for Man, us praise god yeah uh but yeah i have the same <laughs> quote from lewis because i think here in in this verse Paul sums up what humility really is in humility. Yeah. If you're living in humility, ultimately what you're doing is you're considering other people as more important than yourself. Yeah. And and I think that's the best way Lewis says it so well. Yeah. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's not self-degradation. Yeah. You know, it's not. And that's one thing I've talked to people like, oh, I'm just, you know, I, I'm humble because I'm my low self-esteem. I'm like, no, that's actually arrogant. That's mm. actually self-centered. Yeah. You know? Uh, humility is is to be so outwardly focused that you don't even realize. Yeah. You know, Paul even man, I can't remember where it is, and I don't want to mess things up here. But there's a point to the to one of the Corinthian letters. Yeah, whether it's first or second, I feel like it's first. But Paul says, uh, "Man, I don't even judge myself." Oh yeah, right. Like he's so outwardly focused that he's like, "I'm not even." I'm not even trying to think like that. Yeah. Your your opinion of me doesn't count. My opinion, there's only one opinion that matters. And that's the Lord's. Right. Yep. And if he's covered me, I'm not sweating it. I'm focusing on you guys. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's like, I'm a huge fan of the Puritans. I really am. And I love their lifestyle. I love their theology. Yeah. Uh, but there there is, and I, man, I don't want to say that being introspective is bad altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of being introspective and 
looking into your own motives, your yeah. heart and things like that. Cause you have to know what sin you're killing. Yeah. Um, but there's people who just dwell in and live in that place, man. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not biblical humility. Yeah. Right. And, and that's not, that's not embracing what Christ has accomplished for us on the cross either. Exactly. And so, and I want to expand on that and, and seeing it in another perspective as well. So in Romans chapter 14, you know, Paul talks about conviction, right? And, and personal conviction and biblical conviction. And if you're convicted in a certain way, be mindful of other people. And right. in a way that is humility because you are considering their interest higher than your own. Yeah. So if you're convicted in a certain way, but somebody else is in a different way, you got to take that into an account. And so uh, summarizing that, he goes into chapter 15 saying, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this we must not just please ourselves mm-hmm. and so then it says in verse 2 we should help others to do what is right and build them up in the lord for even christ didn't live to please himself to please himself as the scriptures say the insults of those who insult you O god have fallen on me and so with that being said uh when i was teaching this one time at a bible study that i have romans 15 somebody said well uh doesn't paul say that we shouldn't please others and i was like and so he was referring to galatians uh chapter 1 yeah, verse 10 yeah. where we shouldn't be seeking men's approval and so that got me thinking i'm like okay well paul is over here saying please others and over here saying like don't seek their approval don't please them you know what i mean so right. well kind of the conclusion that i built from that is that we are to please others in humility not please others for acceptance yeah. And that's as I was as I was kind of listening to our first podcast today that we dropped. Yeah, that was one thing that we had touched on that I thought was such a good. I don't even remember having it in the notes, but it was such a good point to have there. Uh-huh. Is there's a difference of being a people pleaser for the sake of your own acceptance? Yeah, right. When yes. your motive is simply for your elevation or your selfish ambition. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Versus being someone who lays down your own life. Yeah, and that's you know. That fulfills the the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. If you're living in true humility, yeah. you're fulfilling that commandment. And even yep. uh, Galatians six two, Paul says, "Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ." Right? How are you, you're not bearing each other's burdens if you're not if you're not considering them as more important than yourself in humility? Yeah, right. exactly. And so, and and <clears throat> with that being said, and this is kind of my last point on the verse. Um, it, you know, I don't know if you have more. No, so you go for it. Um, man, true humility, it's the opposite of, of self-consciousness. It really is. And this is something, so, I, man, I wish I could remember the name. Uh, a friend of mine on Facebook had recommended a book to me by Keller, Tim Keller. Uh-huh. Very tiny little book. Uh, I actually let Hannah borrow it because um, I read it. I literally sat down and read it in probably 25 minutes. It's very <laughs> tiny. But it's, it's, uh, it's, um, uh, Something of the the gift of self forgetfulness or something like that. But uh-huh. anyway, the whole concept is on humility, and one of the things that he references a lot is this idea that if you're ever self conscious uh, in a group of people or anything, it's because you're so inwardly focused. Wow! Right? You don't have yeah. room. You don't have room to be self conscious if you're in a room considering others as more significant, invested in them, interested in them. Wow! You know, and so humility. Even on a, you know, in a, especially in a culture of like, oh my gosh, my insecurities. Dude, humility is the answer. Yeah. Right? It's it the is. answer. It's the freedom of it. That, the freedom of self-forgetfulness. See, I knew it would come. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good point, though. I, I, I like how you broke that down because let's say you are in a room full of people and you're insecure and you're self-conscious. You're in the midst of being around people in which you can focus on others. You're still focusing on yourself. Yeah. 
You know yeah. what I mean? So that's crazy. And so, of course, I wouldn't say there's anything, there's nothing in it, in and of itself, there's nothing bad about initially being self-conscious about something, sure. right? And being insecure about something. No one's perfect. So right. therefore, you know, we have those imperfections and sometimes we look at those things. But focusing on that becomes very, very arrogant, like yeah. you said, very prideful, yeah. saying I took... To ignore Christ and everything and everyone else and focus on myself means that I am more important. Yeah. Even though you're degrading yourself, you're counting yourself as more important than yeah. anybody else because sure. you're focusing on yourself. Yeah. And it's not, you know, like what you said, it's not to say that to to have these self-conscious issues yeah. and insecurities is you're a bad person. Well, I mean, you are bad. We're all bad. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, yeah, point, yeah, yeah. the point is that you're going to have them. Yeah. And if you want to overcome them, humility is the key. Right, biblical because humility. It's the, yeah, biblical or divine, humility. Right, depending divine, on what the, whichever on. one they vote, <laughs> that's the one. Uh, but that's it. You know, I'm going on a it, not really a tangent, but just yeah. to elaborate on this more, man, because yeah. I'm pumped up about this. Uh, I remember again, Keller, man, that's my boy. Yeah, uh, I was listening to Tim Keller's sermon, and he was talking about a couple that had come into his office, married couple, and man, they were on the they were on the ver- verge of divorce, mm. you know. And so he'd asked him, and you know, hopefully this isn't too sensitive, but he said, "What's your sex life like?" Mm. They're like, "Well, pretty much absent." Yeah. He's like, "Okay, well, you know, sex is sex is is the the strongest practice of passion yeah. in a marriage, Intimacy, you know." Yeah. Yeah, and so. <laughs> Uh, he had said, here's what I want you all to do. Uh, he said, I, uh, you know, ultimately I want you to go home and I want you to have sex, but mm-hmm. when you have sex, I don't want you to think about you. I want you to think about most pleasing your partner. Wow, more yeah. than, and, yep. he, and he, so he said, we'll meet back next week. And next week was different, you know, and, wow. in the week, and so he said within like three weeks, he's like, man, their marriage was revitalized Wow! because they stopped focusing. They were so focused on their own happiness and their own this and their own that, yeah. and it, you know, it's same thing with. You know, in youth ministry, man, guys and girls kind of, well, I want this guy to like me. I want this girl yeah. to like me. And I'm like, well, maybe instead of trying to tell them all about you all the time, yeah. be interested in them, right? Yeah. Like, that's what... And it's so crazy you mentioned that. And this is a little off topic, you know, uh, but I do want to touch it at least a little bit. Uh, like like you said about, you know, and I hope that we don't have any too young listeners because sure. we're going to be talking about it. But in a, in a married couple's sex life, right... I think that so many things in this world, you know, including pornography and masturbation and so many perversion that's in the world has gotten this idea that sex is for the pleasing of yourself. Right. You know what I mean? And so when that enters a marriage, you know, for example, I didn't even know that about Tim Tim Kelly said in, yeah. his, in, in that married couple. But that's the thing about it is, you know, a lot of times because sex can be satisfying, we think that it's for our own satisfaction. Yeah. Gratification. That? Gratification, right, go. yeah. And so I think that that's an interesting point because even in that, even in, in sex, in marriage, you can, you, it is still necessary to have that biblical, that biblical humility yeah. to say, we are currently doing this not for myself, but so that I can bring pleasure and, and satisfaction to my wife or to my husband, right? To my wife in, in our case. Right. And so even in that, I like how you brought that up. There is humility yeah. that needs to play a part. And that's the key to, to a successful marriage yeah. man, is humility. You know, not just sex, but humility in general. In, in general, every aspect. in yeah. every aspect. You know, I just brought you. You brought that up, so I, I thought yeah. that was good to uh, nah. to expand on. But in every aspect, yeah. So then Paul goes on. Uh, now that we've first five. Now that we've uh, healed all your marriage issues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Paul goes Take on. Take it from single men. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul was single. We get marriage advice, so we're good. Oh uh, man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> laughing yeah, over here. Man. I don't blame him. Oh, man. Uh, So, yeah, verse 5, man, he continues on with his point. 
And he says, let each one of you not look to his own interests, but to the interests of others. And uh-huh. I honestly feel like we just beat this horse, right? Yeah. And so I don't think we're going to have to spend a lot of time yeah. on this one. But Paul's offering an application here to Ooh. the previous statement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. I only have one thing I want to say on that. So if you got Still anything. Still on verse 4? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. I think I, I got everything um, I got everything that I got to say. So you go on, and then we got we can go on to verse 5 after okay. that. Um, so yeah, let each one of you... Look to his own interest, or not to his own interest, but to the interest of others. And let me just say this really quick. Um, as I mentioned previously, you know, this does fulfill that commandment of loving your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. But also remember, this also, this to fulfill the second commandment also applies directly to the first. And the reason I say that is Matthew 25, verse 40, mm-hmm. right? Paul, or pulp. Uh, Jesus <laughs> is given this this uh, parable about the end, the end times and the day of yeah. judgment. And as he's summing it up... He he comes to these people and he's like, hey, you know, enter in to the to the glory of your father. Yeah. Uh, because when I was poor, you you visit you fed me. When I was in jail, you visit. You know all this stuff. Yeah. And they're like, Lord, when did we see you in yeah. any of those? But he said, hey, as you've done unto the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you've you done unto me. me. Yep. You know, and so when we consider other people's other people as more significant than ourselves. And look to their interests and not just ours. Man, we're serving the Lord Himself wow, in doing that's that. That's such a good point. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I had on that. Yeah, um, I think I think that's important to understand, though, because a lot of times it's so easy to, even though we try to look at the interests of others, there's still that selfish interest and say like, well. I'm doing it for this person, and this person has backstabbed me before, or this yeah. person, uh, it doesn't do the same thing for me. But in almost every instance in which Jesus has told us to serve others, he's always really said, you're doing it to me, not yeah. to them. Even whenever Jesus said, when you work for others, work as though you're working for the Lord. Yeah. You know what I mean? So let's let's go ahead, I would say for us and for the listeners, when we serve others and when we look at their interests, let's go ahead and just eliminate the fact that we're doing it for them and think of it as though we're doing it for the Lord. Yeah. I think that would just become so much easier for Absolutely. us to, to humble ourselves to our brothers and sisters. Yeah. yeah, and that was one big thing with Luther. You know, Luther, Lu- Martin Luther had this big push, uh, you know, especially coming out of the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. That God, like, God doesn't need our good works, but our neighbor does. Mm-hmm. And God created us for those good wow, works. Like, that's you, a good point, yeah, too. If you think about Ephesians 2.10, yeah. like, we're his handiwork created mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus for the good works that he laid out before, or laid yeah. out for us beforehand. And so... You're you have to you have to and it, you know it's even Colossians three that when we serve others when we serve anyone we are serving the Lord yeah and so you could remove people from that equation and just know that that essentially your work is done unto Him right He's we work to the one who's the rewarder of the righteous and trust me the reward that comes from the Lord is far greater than oh, that of, of a human being. That's crazy, my man. motivation. Even when it's yeah. something like, man, I don't want to do something for some person. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it for the Lord and I know he'll reward me. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And so, um, that's motivation. You know, we shouldn't look for the reward, right? But it's good to know that it's there. Sure, you know absolutely. what I mean. It's good to know, like, man, there's a reward. It's gonna pay off if I do this sincerely and innocently for the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, verse five. And now this is where, man, for me, things are about to start getting heavy. Yeah, for me too. Okay. All right. Well, I hope you guys are excited for that. <laughs> uh, he says, "Have this same mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus." In the NLT, it says, "You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had." Yeah. So here's what I love about 
and it's not not just the ESV's wording, but how the ESV words it. Uh, have this same mind among yourselves, which is yours, mm-hmm. right? And so what what Paul's elaborating to, you've already got the mind. Yeah, it's been given to you in Christ. Walk in it, mm. right? It's like in in a and I think I, yeah, Philippians two thirteen, which I'm kind of jumping ahead, but. Paul has ju- in Philippians two twelve. Paul says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Then in two thirteen, he says, "For it is God working in you, yeah. both to will and to work after His good pleasure." And so, in other words, why are you working out your salvation? Because God is working in you. And so, it's the same case here. Like, if you don't already have the mind of the Lord, you're not going to have the mind of the Lord, right? To to not have the mind of the Lord already, it's impossible to be. <clears throat> humble because yeah. you're just doing it in hopes to get the mind of the Lord. Yeah. And so first Corinthians two sixteen, Paul says, uh, quoting an old Testament passage, he says, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But, and this is where he, you know, he cuts off the quote, yeah. but we being believers have the mind of Christ. Wow, man. Hit, you, you say something. I don't, uh, I don't even know. That, <laughs> I'm just like, Phew. yeah. I think that um I think that's so awesome and <coughs> excuse me. I think um we had uh, discussed this I can't even remember now which episode it was, but we had talked about study methods, right? And one yeah. of my methods is going between um translations because you get to see the way a, a translation breaks it down and see the way another translation breaks it down and see how they work together, right? Yeah. And so seeing the way ESV brings the mind into it and the way the NLT brings the attitude yes. into it, it's kind of like, wow, like it's really a lifestyle. It's it really the way you live, the way you think, the way you speak is like any aspect of your life. It's be of Christ. Yeah. So when I read verse five, I'm like, man, honestly, if there were to be a verse that is the hardest to follow, I think it'd be this sure. one. Verse five, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And the reason why I say that is because the world is filled with such great, terrible advice. It's great man. in an earthly aspect, yeah. but terrible unto the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. And I have a conversation with, I always have these conversations with a, a friend at work. He's He says he's a believer, but he's far from it, right? And he, he asked me, what would you do in this case? What would you do in this case? And the responses I give him are nowhere near the responses he gives me. And I, I begin to see that good advice in the, in the worldly standpoint is terrible advice unto yeah. the Lord. And the reason why I'm, I'm going to give an example, there's this great advice out there. Don't cross an ocean for someone that wouldn't cross a puddle for you. Right. Great advice. Yeah. Don't let, don't, don't belittle yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that that's terrible advice. Yeah. Uh, in, in, from in a, a biblical standpoint. From a biblical standpoint, that's or the divine. worst advice you could ever receive in yeah. your life because what did Jesus do to, for us? And what have we done to him? He crossed the greatest chasm, man. The greatest. I like how you mentioned that. The greatest chasm. And sometimes we're not even willing to just open up yep. a Bible. We're not willing to just pray for five minutes. You know what I mean? And another example is I like to I like to be as real as this. I'm going to ask you this, bro. What if somebody out in public just spit in your face? Man. I better hope the mind of Christ <laughs> is raining that day on me because I would be. And, and there's I, I would say it's completely natural. Yeah. Completely natural to just be. Completely ticked off, wanting to just take revenge immediately, do the actions yourself. But Jesus was spat in the face yeah. while holding a cross on his way to saving all of human, human, humanity. humanity yeah. 
he was spit in the face. Yeah. That's an opportunity for Jesus to just throw the cross. You know, I'm tired of you guys. Yeah. I'm not going through with this. Yeah. Y'all are ungrateful. Y'all don't see what I'm doing for you. But he didn't. Yeah. He even, received it and he went through with even it. Even to the point where he said, do you think I couldn't call down? I could ask my father now for legions of angels. He could have done it and lay waste to y'all fools, and he doesn't do it. And he doesn't do it. The nah. one who had the power became yeah. powerless. We who are powerless think we have all the power. Yeah. And instead, you know, it's crazy what he says. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Oh my gosh, bro! And they have the same attitude that Christ Jesus yeah. had. It's crazy. Yeah. And then one other thing is, um, what if you gave every everything to someone who sta- who backstabbed you? Yeah. You know what I mean? What yeah. if you gave them everything? You gave them trust. Uh, I'm not even talking about physical things. You gave them trust. You gave them, what's another thing you could have given someone? Uh, loyalty. Yeah. All these types of things. And they backstab you. What do you do? Well, you know, it's bring, mentioning that, and I don't want to get crazy into yeah. this. Uh, I don't know what everybody thinks about the Enneagram. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a tool, not a worship service. <laughs> um, you know, but... but I've 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 had a lot of struggle with myself as a person, uh, and the Enneagram kind of helped me understand who I am. Right, yeah, I'm yeah, an, yeah. I'm what they consider to be an eight. Mm. Uh, and one, what is that? So uh, they're considered the challengers. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so we're like the terror of the Enneagram, really. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things about us, we're very cynical, and we have a lot of trouble trusting people. Mm. Like. To a very large degree. And it's funny because a lot of people are like, nah, I feel like you're really open about yourself. And I'm like, well, no, I don't. The thing is, I don't care what you think about me, really. Yeah. I'll tell you all my baggage. Yeah. Uh, but I, the hard part for me is actually giving you the, the ability to hurt me. Yeah. To give you my heart. The vulnerability. Yes. And that is, bro. And in, you know, in the, in past circumstances and <clears throat> in, in just things I've been through, in life, there have been so many scenarios where I open my heart to somebody and they just stab me, bro. And, and you know, before I was a believer, you know, things would get violent, you yeah. know, and, and, and even after being a believer, I'd cut people off. You know, I'm like, well, I'm done with y'all. I That's the harder part is like I just shut myself back. It, it's my safe place is to just shut people out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like how you said that because I feel like I have some of those qualities too. Like I'm open. You can know whatever you need to know about me. Like I'm pretty open about anything in my life. You know yeah. what I mean? But like you said, I've never really seen it that way either. But giving somebody the ability to hurt me yeah. or like that's also something that I, you know, I, I say I struggle with. You know, I'm like, man, I don't want people. I don't want my feelings, my trust yeah. to be in the hands of yeah. someone else. And that's even, dude, as cliche and, yeah. and trivial as this may sound. Bro, I'm, I don't even want to get a dog because I'm like, the dog's <laughs> going to die one day and leave me a hurt and abandoned. You know, like, I don't want to, I'm scared of marriage. Like, there's all these things that I'm scared of. Yeah. Uh, and the the primary reason isn't because I'm scared I'm going to fail. It's because I'm scared they're going to betray me. Yeah. And I don't want to be betrayed. Yeah. And, and, Going off of that, you know, even to our listeners, I'm sure there's some of our listeners that's probably struggling the same way. I'm just going to read it again. You must have the same attitude yeah, that Christ absolutely. Jesus had. And that's, bro, that's the one thing. And and let me first give credit to the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Because it's not me going, oh, Daniel, don't forget, have this mind that you, it's the Spirit yeah. going, hey, Man, it's the power of the Spirit, yeah, the dwelling of the Spirit, really and the reminding of the Spirit, but it does help to know the word that also, you know what I mean? Yeah. Equipping, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's 100% true. And that what I also love about it and kind of where I've, I don't know that you're going this direction, but uh-huh. where I feel like you're, you're kind of saying is 
there's not an excuse. Yeah, no. to, to live the other way, and 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 That's it's exactly a, it's, it's okay to say <clears throat> I didn't live that way. Yeah, and I repent, but it's not okay to try and justify it. Yep. You know what I mean? I would agree 100%. Yeah. yeah that, that's literally what it comes down to. There is no excuse. And that's what I absolutely love about Jesus' ministry yeah. is that anything that he has <clears throat> commanded us or instructed us to do is because he lived it 100%, first. 100%, man. Through temptation, yep. through loving others, yep. through teaching, through anything. And even in this instance, that's why I mentioned being spin the face. Like, there would be no excuse. As hard as it would be to not take matters into your own hands, there would be no excuse as as to why you could not receive a spit in the face and walk off. Yeah. That would be because Jesus, even Jesus did it. Yeah. And I always, I always like to give, you know, movie examples and references to yeah. stuff like this. I think often, so often, man, about Endgame. Mm. Avengers Endgame. Uh, and I love it. Listen, I love the Avengers. I'm not against any of that. <laughs> I love that stuff. But I just remember when Endgame came out, I always wait a while with stuff like that to go see it just because I don't I, I don't like being in a theater full of 6,000 people. I prefer for it to be kind of chilled out. Yeah. Uh, but I just remember, bro, the people crying, you know, because of what Iron Man did and like all this stuff. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like, dude, it is meant to be emotional. And as Tim Keller, again, would say in every narrative of every hero and every myth that's ever been, what you're seeing is this this woven narrative yeah. of a savior of a great hero who would come right yes and and what i i think but this is where i start to, I, I he's right 100% correct but where the breaks get off for me is like bro you'll go and celebrate iron man to no degree but then you look at christ who yeah. like we mentioned earlier crossed the biggest chasm to come to us and we're like but iron man that's more emotional and i'm like he deserves more of your praise, bro. That's, that's fictional. That's a character. Right. It's not even real, man. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. And to emphasize, you know, it's true. That a lot of, especially modern movies, I've been noticing a lot of shows and a lot of modern movies do really uh, revolve around a theme that comes from the Bible, yeah. a need of a savior, yeah. a need of somebody that a higher being, a higher authority, yeah. a sense of something greater and someone yeah. greater. And they all point to like, it's like as if, they're in the same ballpark, but they're just pointing in the wrong direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's easy for people to fall in love with fictional characters in a movie, but Jesus Christ, who actually did it and who actually existed. Yeah. You know what and I mean? Going what I, where my original point was, because I get, definitely got drawn off in that. <laughs> um, you know, you leave that and you're inspired. Yeah. You know, you want to go and die for somebody. Yeah. I'm like, man, you want to follow Iron Man because that's what he did. But look at Christ, right? And Christ didn't, ju di he didn't die for his friends. He died for his enemies. Wow. How insane. Yeah. Bro, like if you're going to be inspired by something, be inspired by the one who, who not only says, take up your cross and follow me, but did it. Yeah. And did it for his enemies. Yep. Yep. So, you know, that's a long tangent. That's that's why <laughs> that's why like we said there is no excuse and there is nothing that Jesus has instructed you to do. Even in, like Daniel mentioned like it it isn't just us, it's the Holy Spirit. And yeah. those of you guys that are listening, right? Um, you probably are receiving some conviction in certain areas of your life. The Holy Spirit is telling you, you got to change this in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just know that whatever, wherever the Holy Spirit, if it is the Holy Spirit, wherever the Holy Spirit is guiding you, just know it's because Jesus lived it first. Yeah. Straight Jesus up, lived it first. He set the ultimate example. That's why Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Paul's going to go on. You know, we've kind of we've kind of covered this, but, uh, you know, the question we want to look at now is, so what exactly is the mindset of Christ that Paul has in mind here? Yeah. Right? 
uh, and how does Christ fulfill it? That's an ultimate question. Like yeah. what you said, it's not just, hey, do this. Yeah. It's, hey, do this because he did it. Yeah. Right? And so he'll then, Paul will move on, he'll say, who, speaking of Jesus, yeah. though he was in the form of God, and I'm going to want you to read this one in NLT as well. Okay. Uh, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped. Mm. Well, how does NLT say that? It says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. There we go. Yeah. And so you have to look at the identifying ranking yeah. of Jesus Christ first. Like Paul doesn't just say, look at Jesus who took the cross. Yeah. He says, look at him who was in the form or equal to God. Yeah. And what he didn't do is he didn't count that equality, that wow. divine privilege as some, <clears throat> something to, to cling to, but instead, which I don't want to jump ahead. But yeah. uh, And so when you look at his ranking, I got a few scriptures I'm going to read really quick yeah. uh, just to kind of overwhelm us. Uh, John 1, 1 through 3, speaking of Jesus, in yeah. the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? Yeah. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with, and the Word was, was God. Yeah. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Uh, another one, Colossians 1, 16 and 17. Yep. <laughs> For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and what? For, <laughs> for, him. for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. One more verse, Hebrews 1, 3. He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Man, we're not just talking about when you look at when you look at this equality with God, this being in the form of God, yeah, you're also looking at the one who who John says not only created everything, but everything that was made was made through him. And there is nothing that was made that wasn't made through yeah. him. And Paul says, not only made by him, but also made for him yeah. existing for his purpose, which means all things are subordinate to him. Yeah. And then not only that, that he holds all things together, upholding them by the, the word of his power. In other words, he created it he sustains it. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything. There's nothing in existence, whether spiritual, angelic, demonic, uh, uh, earthly. material, earthly, whatever, yeah. uh, molecular, whatever. All of it is held together by the word of the uh, of His Jesus Christ power. power. Man. And having that in mind, we're gonna understand these next two verses even more. But one thing I want to say is knowing. That now, if you didn't know that before, right, those listening, knowing that now, try to now see that Jesus still died on that cross. Jesus was still spent in the face. Jesus was still hated on. He, was, he still received that crown of thorns. The person who created everything, yeah. everything was made for him, was made fun of by his children. Yeah. I always ask parents this. If I ever go, if, <coughs> excuse me, if I ever get the opportunity to preach... In a congregation where there's a lot of adults, I always ask the parents, hey, parents, what would you do if your kids spit in your face? What would you do if your kids just slapped you across the face? What would you do? Yeah. He's like, no, you'd hit them back, right? Because yeah. you are the authority. Jesus was the authority, and he stayed silent, yeah. just as Isaiah says. He was silent to yeah, his death. Like a, like a sheep among like a the sheep. shears, man. Yep. And it's crazy, because Paul's going to say, have this mindset. 
right? Yeah. Have Christ mindset. But you can't just say, oh, who took a cross? You have to first look at who he is, yeah. right? And in reality, unequivocal status. Yeah. There is no one, mm-hmm. right? And you go into Isaiah 40 and, and most of Isaiah you know, 40 yeah. through 49, and it's this constant rephrasing that God says, to whom will you liken me? Mm. Right? Who's my running buddy? Like, who are you going to compare me to? I'm, I, I'm not even on a level. Yeah. Right? It, you can't, like, I remember Paul Washer one time making this, this uh, illustration. He said, you know, who, who who would you say is is most like God? You know, uh, pond scum, a bird, a monkey, a human, or an angel? You know, everybody goes, oh, an angel. And he's like, no, none are more like him, right? Yeah. Because he's holy, holy, holy. There's no one that you can liken to him. Like, yes, wow. he made us in his image and likeness, but that doesn't put us on rank with him. <laughs> yeah. And so... We have to see who Jesus is before yeah. we can really get a grasp of that. And to kind of like, I guess in what Paul is talking about, no, is this Paul? Yeah, this Paul. Yeah. In what Paul's talking about here, this may be a little bit off topic, but it does still go with our, our, our humility podcast is, I like how you mentioned that, oh, what did you just say? How like in Isaiah is like, he's like, who can compare to me basically, right? right. And I'm, I'm I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, well, he said that in Isaiah. He also said in First Corinthians, like, who who knows enough to teach the Lord? Yeah. Like he's saying all these things. He even told Job, like, be a man. Like, have you done all of this? Man. Like, like, can you compare to me? And since we're on the topic of humility, I admire David, who said, "Who am I that you even thought of me?" Right. Yeah, he understood yeah. the place of God and yeah. who he was and who David was. Yeah. David understood he was a sinner Man. that he was no one and that God was everything yeah. and and everything. Yeah. You know, and David, you know, in, in in that same passage, he says, "When I look at the stars, yeah, right, because he's looking at the universe that Christ is upholding by yeah. his own hand, you know, by it, the power of yeah. his word." Yeah, and he's going. <laughs> What? Like, how is it that you have all of this and yet I'm the apple of your eye? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Humility. Man, straight up. That's straight up. Divine and so, humility. And so with that, bro, let's move on to the next. You have anything else on that verse? No, that's good. Okay. Wait, let me see. I just want to say this and then we'll go on. So I just put right here, in other words, what verse six is saying, right? Is that even though he was he acted as though he wasn't. Yes. While there are some people right now who are far from good, far Ooh. from perfect, but act perfect. There'll be people that learn an instrument, people that know how to speak, and all of a sudden they can't associate with, quotation marks, lesser people. Right, right. Or even lesser jobs or lesser duties or lesser... Oh, even bo- like, be- yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. you just put yourself on an elevated level above other people... And I didn't, I like, I, I don't see a work too small for Christ. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and, and that's what like, so having that rank, right. Yeah. Having that status, what did he do? Verse seven, he emptied himself, uh, by taking the form of a servant, right. Yeah. And it's not like, that's not saying that he set aside his godness. Yeah. His, yeah. It, it's saying he set aside the divine privilege of being God. Yeah. The substance that, that made all the, all the attributes. And he brought himself down to, I don't, fully human, yes, yeah. fully God, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but having set aside the divine privilege to the degree where what he says in John five nineteen, uh, he says, "Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord." Wait a minute, the one who listen. I, let me get close to the mic. 
and put my, my hands around it. The one who created and sustains the entire universe by the word of his power just said, now as a human, I can do nothing of my own accord. You could stop there. We could stop there. And you guys have meditation for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. And then he goes on. He says, but only he, only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does, the son does. Likewise, man. When, wow. when Yeah. When Jesus, when Jesus emptied himself, he brought himself, though equal with the father, wow. he brought himself into voluntary subjection to the father, dependent on the father for even life. Bro, that's just like we could stop right yes. there and think about that. Yeah, think you, about that for the rest of the day. We don't even know. We don't. I, I, we're gonna. Yeah. But we don't even need to go to the cross. Yeah. This is humility beyond understanding. Yeah, it is. Bro, I'm like, <coughs> I couldn't imagine being the very source of life itself, and then going, okay, I, eternal God, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. I'm going to set those things aside and be in subjection, not only to them, but also to the, to the righteous standards and laws for yeah. which, yeah, like for which I'm coming to oh. kind of like, I, wow, dude, I think of that it makes more sense now. Cause in the NLT says, instead he gave up his divine privileges. Yeah. What it, what were his divine privileges to have a legion of angels to just come? He had to give that up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, what did he say right there in John five nineteen? You said, yeah, yeah. What did he say? He does nothing if it, if it's not of the Father. Yeah. Like he he literally gave that up. Yeah, and and think about the garden, right? There's one thing when we met with uh, Alex Foley, Israel had this conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, man, in the garden, what did he, he wanted the cup to pass? But what did he say? Yeah, he said, "Let your will be done." Yeah, not mine. Yeah, not mine, man. He gave it up. Yeah, like. It was not stripped from him. It was not unwillingly taken from him. He gave it up. Yeah, man. Listen, you listeners, if you're not crying right now, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what to say. If you're this not is insane, if you haven't stopped what you're doing, and right. just Thought about this. Yeah, yeah, I hope this ruins your day and <laughs> makes it better all at the same time. <laughs> but man, like this is the kind of stuff that just stops you in your tracks and goes, man. I just need to stop and worship. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah. like. <clears throat> Because in his resolve, dude, he became a servant. And that's that's what I mentioned earlier. Matthew 20, 26 through 28. Yeah. Jesus says, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Yeah. Even as, what? Even as the son of man, in other words, Jesus, that's an Old Testament reference to, to the Messiah. Even as the son of man came not to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah. Man. I kind of want to take the opportunity. I mean, like, I'm just in awe. You know what I mean? I hope our listeners are too. To just know that this isn't just anybody we're talking about. We're talking about Jesus. Yeah. The Jesus we talk about, the Jesus we preach about, that's Jesus. That's yeah. what Jesus did for us. And I kind of want to do a, a a humility check to those listening. You know what I mean? Like, there are probably those listening that think they're all that. Right. Jesus, who was all that, literally. made himself nothing. Literally. Yeah. And I like... I love Galatians 6, uh, verse 3. It says, if you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. I love this. You are not that important. Yeah. Like, do not elevate yourself to to a, a place or to a standard in which God has not put you. I mean, I like I like how um Jesus said that 
there will be there has been no one and will be no one on earth as great as John, yet John is less than the least in heaven. Yeah. I know I didn't say that exactly the way it says, but least that, in the kingdom of heaven, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It says the least in heaven is greater than John, and John is the greatest. Because I yeah. mean he was the one that prepared the way for yeah. the Lord. So don't think you are that good. Nah. Don't think you are that nah. good because you're not. There was a saying growing up, you know, that you're all you're all that in a bag of chips, man. Yeah. But let me just say this when it comes to Christ, you're not even the bag of chips. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> you're definitely not all that. You're you're not even the bag of chips. Yeah. You're, you're literally you're nothing like the Bible would compare you it, it, like we're all but a drop in the bucket in comparison. We're like grasshoppers. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, man, to to and it, it's it, it, that humility check is so required. And yeah. I, man, I'll be honest. It's even required for me in this moment because I'm looking at like, you know, I, I, I type this stuff out, but it's it's like it's coming to life in yeah. me right now. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. It's like I'm getting there's this sinful side of me that starts getting puffed up like, man, look at all this knowledge I have. But then there's that humble side of me. It's like, yeah, bro, when you had this knowledge yesterday, when you were prepping this lesson, you weren't this excited about it. Right. The spirit mm. at work in fellowship right now. And so it's like in my flesh, man. I want to I want to boast, but yeah. in the cross, man. Oh, gosh. And it's so it's so easy to like you know me and Danny have had conversations outside of this podcast before. Like it's really easy to with the knowledge that we have, just prepare something, a sermon, a teaching, yeah. and stuff like that, because of the wisdom that the Lord has given us. And you know, just like you said, like how come you know we weren't this excited, this much in right. awe? You know, we're in awe right now. I'm getting the same humility check. Yeah, the Lord's telling me, how come you weren't in awe in your bedroom whenever right. you're preparing this? Straight up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm at the coffee shop and I'm like, da 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 da. And now I'm like ah. pulling out all these verses yeah. like this is going to be good. Look Man. at all that I'm yeah. doing. And it's a humility check. It is. You know, and I think being vulnerable with our listeners is just like, hey, you know, we're, we're not perfect either. No. We all need that humility no, check. Man. And I think that that's what helps us strive to like verse five says, have the attitude that Christ Jesus yeah. had. Yeah. And tell you what I tell my students all the time. And I'm just a beggar pointing you where the bread is. That's it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying that's really what it is. Um, so. That brings us to the last verse, man. And this is, listen, this is where things are going to get crazy for me if they haven't already. Uh, <laughs> he humbled himself by by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Yeah. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna take off here for a second. Go for um, it. Because I can't, like, I don't have a really a pause point here. Yeah. Uh, listen, death is one thing, right? For the eternal one to die, yeah. that's insane. But Paul didn't leave it at that, and he could have. Yeah. He could have said he became obedient at the point of death, but he mentions death on a cross. You have to. Listen, if you're if you're into reading and into into context and, and context clues and all these things, you have to ask a very serious question at this point. Paul, why say even death on a cross, right? And some people will go, oh, well, you know, it, it was a means of suffering and it was torture and yeah i'm glad you're going this direction because i was gonna do the same thing okay. so go on and so that's that's accurate bro it is 100 suffering and, yeah. and pain but it's greater than that so deuteronomy chapter 21 verses 22 and 23 that's hard to say deuteronomy 21 22 and 23 <laughs> uh uh it says this it says and if a man has committed a crime punishable by death and he is put to death and listen you hang him on a tree his body shall not remain on, on the tree at night, but you shall bury him the same day, for a hanged man is cursed by God. What? 
Wow. Not just did he go to death, he went to death hanged on a tree. Why? Because a man hanged on a tree, according to Hebrew law, according to biblical law, that is a man that has been cursed by God. And so Paul says in Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Man, why did Paul say even death on a cross? Because he's pointing out Jesus didn't just die any death. Yeah, He died a death that was, that was shown to be a symbol that he was bearing the curses of all of our yeah. law breaking. Wow. He died the curses we deserve, the wrath we deserve, that God turned his back on him, right? You go to Deuteronomy 28 and you read that thing. The first seven verses, the blessings of obedience, you're like, oh, those are nice. Yeah. And then you get and to the the, let the next 50 verses and it's just the most horrific thing ever. And Jesus Christ suffered all of them, yeah. right? He bore on himself on the cross all of those curses so that we don't have to. And, you know, earlier when we were looking at the ranking of Jesus, I mentioned uh, Hebrews 1, 3. Yeah. And to, let me just, let me re read what I read, but then finish off that verse. Yeah. So he's the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purification for sins, he mm. set down at the right hand of majesty on high. Yeah. Man, that the one who upholds the universe by the word of his power has made purification for sin. How? By bearing what we deserve, by laying down his life as an atoning death, spilling his blood uh, to, to so that we could receive the propitiation, yeah. right? Um, and so he says in Hebrews 10, 14, for by a single offering, he being Jesus has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Man, you cannot overlook this death on a cross because we're not just talking the eternal, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent yeah. uh, came to earth. We're not just saying that he came to earth and obeyed the law. We're not just saying that he came to earth, obeyed the law, and then died. He came to earth, obeyed the law perfectly, and then died the death of, like what the NLT says, a criminal's death. Yep. But not just a criminal against Rome, a criminal against God. Wow. Even though he was perfectly righteous. Man, take off, bro. Like That's just, it's insane, man. Um, and I love that you said, if you want to know what it means, understand that context. Yeah. Understand the context. Like what you mentioned in Deuteronomy about hanging in a tree. Like, you, we got to understand that this death that Jesus did died to is not like you said just any other death this death brought sickness sin illness and curse and wrath onto mm. jesus shoulder omnipotent wrath Jesus said, Father, why have you abandoned me? Those should have been the words coming yep. out of our mouth. But we would have no excuse. We couldn't even say why. We would yeah. just go, I know why. And like, okay. Right. That's it. Right. <laughs> okay. You know? Jesus at uh. least had a reason to say, why have you abandoned me? Yeah. But in even in our selfish ambition and our sinful nature, we would y still find the audacity to tell God, yeah. why have you abandoned yeah. me? Those should have been ours. That should have been our death. That wrath, I we I, I listened to the first podcast that we recorded. Since we released it today, I listened to it. I remember mentioning a little bit that no sin goes unpaid. Yeah. You know, God's curse, God's wrath does not disappear after 
Christ Jesus died on that cross. No, it didn't disappear. Someone consumed it. Yeah. Jesus consumed yeah. it. That's why at the garden, Jesus said, if this can't cup can go past me, what it what was that cup? Was it just Man. any cup? It was the cup of wrath that yep. was to be poured out on humanity. Yep. He had to swallow that. Yeah. He had to take that in on that cross. I love the way the NLT says it. He died a criminal's death. Yeah. Died a criminal. What does the cross mean? In our context, the cross means faith. It means hope. It means salvation. What did it mean in Roman times? It meant that you were the worst of the worst and yep. you were to Scum. die just like you were terrible. It is the equivalent of our um, death penalty. Yeah. What was it? back then? An electric chair. Yeah. If, the, if Jesus came during our time, we would have not seen a cross. We would have seen an electric chair yeah. up there, you know, on, yeah. on the churches. He died a criminal's death. Yeah. It, he took our place. There's something special about, let's say me and you, for example, God forbid that any of us die. But if I just die and I loved you very much, that's special. Maybe right. This person loved me. But if I died so that you could live, yeah. it takes it to a whole other level. Yeah. This guy took my place. That's yeah. what Jesus did. He didn't just die and to die. He man, took our place. You know what's crazier about it too? Like I think about Romans 5, 6, and 8 uh-huh. where he says like, yeah, man, maybe someone would die. Like someone might die for a good person, maybe a righteous person. Yep, yep. But, That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but Christ died for the ungodly. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's not even like on on the image you gave, like you're 100% correct. If you died so that I could live, that would be like Yeah. Like you're a hero, you know what I'm yep. saying? But now imagine if I just slaughtered your whole family, killed your dog and lit your house oh. on fire and then you still like if I spent my whole life just trying to ruin you. Yeah. And then you still went to death so I didn't die. That's sal- that's a saving death, bro. That's the thing that turns people around. <laughs> that's a ch- life-changing, transforming yeah. death. Yeah. That's uh so you mentioned Isaiah 53 earlier, so I just want to read yeah. these couple of verses Isaiah 53 4 through 6. Uh, it's it's a, now this is a prophecy about 750 years before the time of Christ, right? Uh-huh, yeah. And Isaiah, speaking of Jesus, says this. He says, "Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds." We are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. Wow. Man. Bro, like I don't even know. And so, you know, wrapping that up, because I feel like we go on about the gospel yeah. without stopping yeah, forever. We could. Uh, yeah. We would just fall asleep here, you know. But <laughs> so then what what is what is this biblical or divine humility? Yeah. Man. It's it's to the degree of laying down your life for your enemies. Yeah. Right? It's like what uh uh when Jesus said, you know, in Matthew uh 5 when he talked about lo- you know, love your enemies. Like what good is it for you yeah. to love those who love you? Like even unbelievers do that. Nobody's looking at that and going, "Wow, man, here, you know, let's applaud him." Yeah. But when when a person loves and lays down their life for their enemies, that's that you know, you start you have to start quite like I know there's been a thing uh that's been going around Instagram recently. Um, I, I haven't watched it yet, so I, hopefully I'm not wrong here, but I think it is the daughter or wife or something like that of a police officer who was just gunned down recently. Mm. Uh, and she got up and from what I think is happening, 
she's forgiving the person who did you know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah. like that's a whole nother ball game, dude. Yeah. Like it's so much easier for us to harness resentment and anger toward those people. It's yeah. a whole nother ball game to go. And I remember hearing about a uh uh again, Tim Keller. Um, yeah. he, he had talked about a, uh, man, it was like an Amish school or something like that. Yeah. Uh, where, a a gunman ultimately come into an Amish school and start shooting people up. And this little girl stood up and, and laid down her own life for her friends so they wow. could be spared. And, uh, the family, you know, they came out and they said, Hey, first off, we want to forgive this guy who's going to jail. But secondly, let's go ahead and take collection so that we can provide now for the wives of this guy or the wife of this guy so that the wife and family don't go hungry. Like, we need to make sure and take care of them. Yeah, yeah like your face. I wish the podcast <laughs> yeah, the people po- y'all don't see, you see the, the face, face that I just made Dude, right now. I'm like, I'm like, man, they straight up were like that. Okay, so he just killed all of our daughters. Let's go ahead and take up a collection so we can take care of his family the I'm right way. Speechless on that. Yeah. Man, Man, that's you know this biblical or divine. I'm gonna I, I'm not gonna specify anything to you guys. Pick, but this biblical or divine humility, man, it is, it is far beyond. It is holy. Yeah, it is holy, that's man. Maybe we should it. call it holy humility. I don't know. We'll <laughs> toss a third one in there. But it's not. It's not just this cute little like. Oh, you know, I'm gonna be nice. Right. It yeah. is, man. It is. It is thinking of others as more significant to the. uh, than yourself to the degree of even your own enemies, even those who hate you and spit on you and want to ruin you and kill you. Yeah. I think to like wrap this up on my end, right. Is how, 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 what is it? How to be it? How to, how to be, um, shoot, (laughs) getting tongue twisted over here. What is biblical or divine humility? What does that mean? I would say it's just verse five. I'm just gonna read an NLT is, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And I think that if you want to go more into depth with that, finish this chapter and go into Jesus' ministry. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Read the gospel. Yeah, and and going off of that, I didn't realize that's the direction you were going to go. Yeah. Um, but I had a verse come to mind, and it follows it up perfectly well. Great. Um, 2 Corinthians 3.18, And we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory yeah. to another. Wow. I mean, you want to grow in that humility, you need to be beholding the one wow. who is yeah. humble, who is humility itself. Yeah. You know, that that's that's where it comes from. And so 100%, man, finish the chapter, read it, study it, and then move to the ministry and the life of Christ and just... Watch and be like Mary, man. Just sit at his feet in yeah, awe. You know. Um that's all I got. Yeah. I don't know if you got more. That's all I got too, man. All right, man. That I was hope, great. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. Um I don't sure. know what we're uh coming at next time, but I'm excited about it. Uh I mean you want to pray us out? Yeah, I'll definitely yeah, pray us it. out. <clears throat> Father, we thank you so much um for this opportunity that you've given us to just be alive and t- to learn your word and Lord, I ask that not only you just speak to us tonight, but that your Holy Spirit may allow us and help us out as we try to go, just as your word says, from one degree of glory to another, Lord. Every single day of our life is an opportunity to grow more like your son, Christ Jesus, Lord. If there's one thing that we are to do is to imitate who Christ was, to lay down our life for our brother and our sister, to lay down our life for our enemies, Lord, to love others as we love ourselves and to love the Lord with heart, mind, soul, and body. 
God, everything that Jesus was, everything that Jesus is and is to be in our lives, Lord, we want to imitate that, God. So thank you for revealing through your word what it means to have that biblical or divine humility, Lord. And and now that we know it, let us not just be people with big old brains and knowledge, but mm. help us to actually live that, not yes. to know it, but to live that. That if we know that Christ got spit in the face, that if something happens like that, that we are to imitate your son, Lord. Not at all am I saying that this will be easy in our lives, but Lord, that is where the power of the Holy Spirit comes into play, Lord. I ask that you may fill us each day more and more with your Spirit so that we can desire spiritual things and godly things and not the things of this world, Lord. I just pray for our listeners, Lord, and even for this podcast, that you may that it may be a blessing to us, to our listeners, and to, to anybody that just listens to it, God, and that everything that is said and done may be for your glory. I just pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Till next week. Till next week. Thank Peace. you, guys. Love y'all. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this podcast has served as a blessing to you. If you want to contact us or want more information, visit our website at storehousemedia.org or follow us on all social media platforms at Storehouse Media. Until next time, grace and peace.